0: To
1: the untrained eye, real estate is the business of shelter, of comfort, of home.
0: But industry insiders know that just behind the curtain resides a world teeming with innovation and disruption and sometimes brutal competition.
1: And there in the midst of it all stand our industry leaders, the folks with the answers to our million-dollar questions in real estate.
0: We've got one of those leaders here for you today.
1: I'm Jessica Edgerton.
0: And I'm Tarko Heidinga from a Leading Real Estate Companies of the World.
1: Let's pull back the curtain. Welcome to Million Dollar Question. This is a Soulfire production.
0: Hi, Paolo. Welcome to the show. So great for you to be here. So happy. We're already very excited to get started. I'm just going to go straight ahead with the first question. Paulo, you know, we're uh, uh, now almost, as we're recording this, almost in June 2023. So let me just ask you, how have things been so far?
1: Thank you, Taco, to have me on your show. Thank you very much to invite me. I'm very proud to be part of this. Um, well, six months. They have been very hard, I must say. Because uh, I remember when I was in Las Vegas, we were talking all that the business will continue like it was, etc. And I was feeling on that time that um, the business was not running the same like it has done in the past or in the last year after the pandemic era time. So we have had hard months behind us since September. Uh, but now the last uh, two months, the ball is running and rolling again. Uh, So we are coming again to the numbers that we had the year before. And I think the perspective for this summer is good. I don't know how it will come to the end of the year because nobody knows that. There are too much things happening worldwide and globally that uh, influence the real estate and the realtor market. Um, So I'm curious to see what will happen. I think I'm well prepared, um, but we will see. Fantastic.
0: Well, uh, I'm glad that things are picking up again. And you know, after tough times, you know, hopefully, you know, there is always good times coming again. Having said that, you know, let me just go straight into actually the million-dollar question for today. Your area is in Portugal, and Portugal, of course, over the years has been an extremely popular spot for investors to diversify their portfolios, and maybe even consider that as their retirement country. And so, why? Is the real estate market in Portugal on so many points different from other countries in Europe? Why do people choose Portugal to invest and buy properties there?
1: Oh, this is a very good question and a question that I can talk with you a one hour about all the reasons why people are coming to Portugal to buy property. But uh, I try to to make it in um, in. Uh, respectable time and uh, in the short form so that um, the, the people, the audience will understand why. First, uh, Portugal had uh, that um, problem in financial crisis in 2008, 2012 in between. Uh, we were struggling as well with our public finance um, in, in Portugal. So we had the, the troika and the, the situation of, of the government um, payment falling down. Uh, we recovered from that time. In that time, we opened up uh, with two new laws, which ones? the one uh, called NHR, which is the non habitual residence permit for Portugal that allows people to come to live in Portugal. And they do not pay uh, tax over their income for the first 10 years, over the income which they have coming from abroad, not over the income that they generate in Portugal. Uh, The second was the golden visa, the so-called golden visa, which I don't like the name, Uh, never liked the name since the starting in 2012. Um, It allows people to buy a property in Portugal for 500,000 euros and get a visa for to stay in Portugal under circumstances which are very favorable for the investors, so they don't need to be so much time in Portugal. Um, They are nearly buying a visa. but. The thing is, it was very not good understood by the internationals. Uh, so it was like buying a golden bird, you understand. So people come to Portugal, buy the visa, and they do not have to do anything uh, for it. It's not like that. They have to have a clean criminal record. They have to show their incomes, etc. So it's it's really they have a lot of things to show up to get that visa. And if you go to Germany or to, uh, to France or to England, you pay uh, a million, one and a half million or two million to have that visa. But the income in these countries is, is uh, three times higher than the basic income in Portugal. So why not having a visa, which is as well cheaper than them uh, for an investment visa? So these were the main things that pushed Portugal forward. But not only that. In Portugal, the real estate Prices were lower than in Spain since 1982 that Portugal and Spain come together to the European Union. We have never had big pikes in growing up or coming down like in Spain in prices. But we had until 2008, uh, 183% on plus value for the properties since nine, 1982. And in Spain, it was 336%. So if you put these two numbers together, you understand why people decide to buy in Portugal on that time and not in Spain. And that has pushed a wake uh, or a wave of people and investors coming over, um, especially the American funds. Uh, They were the biggest investors in Portugal from 2012 on. And that extends during the years. And the interest was always growing more. Then the Portuguese government and the tourism uh, department has made a very clever um, campaign on, on, um, on marketing. They published uh, mostly the, the information about Portugal, tourism, etc. online through the social networks and not through the TV like Spain does it still in German TV or in French TV or in others. And this NHR, NHR program, non to residence program, has really put a lot of people from abroad, especially from Europe, from uh, Sweden, from France, from Germany, from other countries, coming over, making their second residence in Portugal and, well, having a little bit tax influence on their income taxes so that they do not have to pay so much as they should pay if they don't do that, because the Portuguese government says, uh, well, if you have been taxed on the source, we cannot tax you twice on the same income, and therefore these rules of lower taxation. There are some other uh, new laws that have happened in that time um, that pushed as well a lot of people to come to Portugal. If that Response to your question. Yeah, absolutely. I, I
0: mean, it, it does respond, and there is a lot of elements that you are talking about, right, within those spaces. And we will come back to a few points. But one of the first things that I really want to touch on is like, who are these investors? You were touching on that the Americans were a big group, you know, going into Portugal. What other you know, foreigners are you seeing you know, coming into Portugal? What are the other large groups that have been investing over the last couple of years?
1: Well, traditionally, we had always the center Europe, uh, which is uh, Germany, um, France, uh, Austria. Uh, now we have Polish clients coming from Poland. Uh, we have now extended as well overseas to the American market, but the British were the first. So the Brits were the first investing in Portugal. It has tradition because of the long alliance that we have with them since I think 1400 we have that uh, commercial alliance with them. It's more than 600 years that we are al- allied in in, uh, in an alliance. Yeah. Um, for us or for the the British uh, Portugal and the Algarve is like for the Germans Mallorca. Yeah. So um, you have to to see we are closer to the English because of our facility to speak English with everybody. Every port, every second Portuguese knows a minimum two uh, two languages, sometimes three, um, and that has facilitated as well the people coming over to invest here. But main investors in Portugal was starting from 2012, where the French, the Belgians, the Americans, big funds like BlackRock. Now we have an American company. Uh, I'm not remembering the name Kemper. Kemper, I think Daniel Kemper mm-hmm. or David Kemper, who has bought uh, for three hundred million uh, hotels in Portugal mm-hmm. or more of half half a half a billion, round about that. Um, and we are seeing that, especially from America, from North America and Canada, we are getting more more clients coming from there. But if you go to the, to the traditional list of investors in Portugal, there were always the Brazilians part of it that has to do with the history and the, the link that both countries have and the, the same language that we speak. We are always the first investment haven for Brazilian investors. Now we are feeling as well the same from other South American uh, countries, but specifically I must say it was always Europeans who invested a lot in Portugal And uh, through the golden visa, there come a lot of Chinese uh, getting the visa here because they don't. I'm not sure, but I think um, it's difficult in China to have your own property uh, or the land is from the government. And if you build, it's never really your property. And having their own property in Portugal was, from the starting, a very exciting moment for them. Psychologically, to be to be owner of a of a property and um, well with the visa to to travel around in Europe without asking always for new visa was as well uh, some important thing, and that is I think something that a lot of people forget. We have been uh, in the past a country with links to every continent uh, since Australia, Japan, Asia. South America, North America, everywhere we have some links to. Or is the Portuguese community living there, or we have historical links to this uh, continents, And uh, that facilitates a little bit the transfer of money and investment. Wonderful, in wonderful.
0: Wow, that, those are a large group of people that, that have shown interest in Portugal. If you just just talk about all of them, it seems that many countries have put their eyes on, on Portugal and like you said earlier, this also had to do with what you said in 2012 when Portugal announced for the Golden Visa program. And you're right, it's maybe not the best name, but that was the name in the market, right, and how it was called. But recently, this whole Golden Visa program has been, you know, somehow there's a lot of news about it, right? It's yeah. canceled, but there's still possibilities. And that's also a big reason why we wanted to get you on Right to share some light and clarity on where we are with this golden visa program. What are the opportunities? Because there seems to be some uncertainty on clarity, you know, about what, what is happening right uh, since the, uh, the the golden visa program came into view. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more. What has changed, and what are the implications of what is happening right now around the golden visa program?
1: Okay, I hope I will not be politic because I try to, in these interviews, never to be very politic. But I have to say we have a government which is uh, left-wing. It's not left-left-wing, but it's left-wing. Okay, And um, they are more concerned about the votes that they can get for the next election than probably for the health and the good care of the Portuguese country, investment, economy, etc. So they announced on the, I think it was on the 16th of March or February, I'm not sure anymore, that they will cancel the the golden, so-called golden visa, which is called in Portuguese Ari. it's authorization for residents as an investor, which you have in every country. Every country has that. Um, And they cut all this program. So, uh, a simply investor coming to Portugal and invest in something and having his visa will not work anymore. So this golden visa was ended on the seventeenth of May in the Parliament last week. I have written a big article about that. I can share with you uh, this article with all the points have, which have changed or will will change in this program. All the visa that has been yet asked for uh, till the 17th of last week, until this law is implemented that can take more a month, yeah, are respected and will be done and treated like before. The only thing that will change, they will not call it anymore golden visa. They will call it then um, a visa for um, economical reasons or others to come to Portugal. We have several other visa programs, which everybody can use so long that he has a clean criminal record. It's the D7, it's the D3. The D7 is for people who are um, self-sustainable. So they come to Portugal, they can live in Portugal if they show to the Portuguese Uh, authorities that they have three times the minimum income of Portugal monthly for their needs and for their wife okay which is 750 euros so it's 1500, 2250 euros it's the normal uh, pension that somebody gets from outside. Americans um, are using this D7 very much now because um, they have enough Income, they sold their company, they come with the money over, they put it on the bank account, they show that they can, during the visa time, the five years, they can live from this income without any problems. And so they have insurance, they have health system, they have education system, they have justice system, all serving them like a normal Portuguese living person. The D3 is for people that want to come over to Portugal and. For example, open up a business, or doing some some um, some business here, or open or open up a um, a company. Um, And the D two, but I'm not sure now exactly if it's D two or D three, one of both, is for people like authors, like architects, like doctors, like medicine people, like uh, people with with uh, high. professional quality, okay, or a general manager who changed their living place to Portugal, they have then a head tax of 20% of all over their income that they generate in Portugal, okay. So these are the three forms, and you have the digital nomad visa, which is as well very uh, well Uh, used at the moment in Portugal, because we have one of the best IT infrastructures or internet infrastructures in the world. Abu Dhabi, Lithuania, uh, Dubai, and Portugal are nearly linked together. That has to do as well with the undersea cables that we have. They're coming from South Africa through Nigeria to Sinus, Portugal, Lisbon. The other one came from uh, Brazil, to Lisbon and another one from New York to Lisbon. So we have three links that has a capacity, I think, of three point six gigabyte per second, which is a lot. Okay, um, so we have invested, or the Portuguese government has invested a lot uh, during the last years after the crisis, in making Portugal a hotspot for IT people, and um, they. They have as well some funds that they give away for investors to come to Portugal or startup companies. They get a startup visa and they get income uh, for to create their companies here.
0: Wow, wow, fantastic. Wow, this, is, this is good. So there, there's been a lot of change, but there's still a lot of opportunity. I mean, the visa might have kind of, would that be correct to say, has changed the name just to... to of a rebranding of the name, yep. but there's still kind
1: of the same uh, same requirements and the, inter- the conditions. Is that correct, paulo There are the only thing that changed is when you had the golden visa, you don't need to be so much time in Portugal. Yes. Okay. Now for the D7, you have to show that you are minimum six months in Portugal okay. or eight months. Um, And during that time, you can do one thing. If you really need to be outside of Portugal, you can put a working reason, a health reason, or family reason in it, okay, to show the Portuguese authorities, okay, in this year, you can't complete the six months to be in Portugal, but you want to maintain your visa and your residence in Portugal but it was because of family reasons, it was because of health reasons, it was because of a job reason, okay? So there is always a way to show the authorities that you cannot stay for the whole time, okay? But the idea of the government is to fix the people, their income and as well the expenses in the country to help the Portuguese economy, especially in the services. Okay,
0: that, that brings a lot of clarity. Thank you for that, uh, Paolo. That that brings me to the next question, where we look at the future. What what do you see? I mean, there's now been some changes. Uh, um, you know, I think that the market did react on it, right? I think there was some concerns on the market. Now you're clarifying it. so I'm sure that will help. What do you see for the future? Do do you think? that you will have more competition from other countries uh, that are trying to do similar things? Or where do you see this going? Are you, are you optimistic for where Portugal is going with the whole property market? And is it still interesting for investors?
1: Um, yes, it is. Um, but it's, it's complex, I have to say. To give you the right answer, it is, it's complex. The first thing is um, Portugal um, needs for the future a rental market, which Portugal do not have. That has to do with the cultural, with cultural reasons. Um, it's used to that when you are young, you marry, and the first thing that your father and your mother do is they give you a, a piece of land on their spaces and say, uh, "Build the house nearby, Mama and Papa." Okay. So young families get immediately in the credit struggle, okay? And they cannot move from their home place to other places to work and get a higher income because they have still a house on the back. Point number one. So we need really to change this in the future. It's starting to change, but there are not the tax conditions at the moment on the Portuguese market to help, out with that, I can tell that because I have a property abroad in Germany and in Germany in some of the the, the, the countries in Germany, Germany is a federation of, of 16 countries and in everybody makes his own tax rules in certain areas and especially in housing, um, there are some places where you do not pay tax about the rental income because you are creating space property space for thirds I think it's a clever idea to do that because then people invest in properties well if you have more than two then you have to pay tax okay but for example I have some money I want to invest in a property I buy a property and put it on the rental market because I know I have a good income from that it's it's something which helps me when I when I'm older This is not happening in Portugal. They pay you pay twenty-eight now twenty-five percent, the change from twenty-eight to twenty-five percent on the rental income, and you have to pay the rest, which is the your profit, you pay again on your income tax. So it's twice taxed, the same, which is not helping any form. So we need really to create the rental market. Point number two about the future. I think. The Portuguese market will continue to be a top market for investors and for people to come to live to Portugal, to invest in Portugal, because we are still one of the most secured places in the world. And I think it will grow. I'm thinking it will grow not only in Portugal, and now comes what you said about the competitors. I think that will grow as well in Greece, that will grow in Cypria, that will grow in Spain because they are as well in Europe and they are as well secure. If you go abroad and you look to America, South America, uh, you have the problem with the guns and the civil um, problems in between the societies. Okay. Uh, look at brazil look at uh, at at the us after the trump situation everything has changed you have the war in the ukraine which will push people from that side looking for other markets or other places to live or to have their companies or to have their yes. internet companies so i think everything everything will change a little bit asia is not a market that i know i must be honest it's um i don't know really a lot about the Asian market. Um, but talking about this, what I know, I think Europe will absorb every time more uh, in case of security, health security, but as well society security, more and more people from all over the world, uh, wealthy people, people with, with a good income, um, to live their, the rest of their life in a, in a more protected ambient. So that's what I think will happen in the future, but the politics have have to open up their eyes and look as well a little bit different to the to the cases, so that we have a chance uh, that this will. Very true,
0: ahead. very true. I mean, politics always plays a major role in in the development of a country, and, and sometimes comes with new challenges in how fast that goes. We see that here in Asia, we see that different countries in Europe. So I much agree with that. But I'm very happy you're optimistic and see those opportunities yourself. And, and I, I do believe that definitely the whole South of Europe, you know, the Mediterranean and, and including Portugal has huge opportunities, uh, you know, for, for the future. So that's really great. Uh, quickly, you know, making the jump from, you know, talking only about Portugal, you know, you are also a very proud member of leading real estate companies of the world. And we're always so happy to see you at the events. We see you talking at the events. I mean, you're a very well-known person within us, uh, within our network. So I'm just very curious to know, Paulo, what, what made you join us? What was important for you within the network? And, and what have you seen so far?
1: Um, it was the small house in which I was living. Yeah. I don't know if I can explain mm-hmm. that. Um, the small house in which I was living is Portugal. Okay, our real estate um, professionals and our real estate key managers, key people, they look to Portugal always only from the inside and not from the outside. And I'm lecture at the European uh, Real Estate Academy in Germany. I teach their fund managers, real estate agents, uh, brokers, um, and important people. I have more contacts outside Portugal than I have in Portugal. And the reason why I wanted to be in Leading RE was because we have a different business model and that was checked as well by Leading RE. So if not, we cannot uh, uh, add ourselves to to this uh, phenomenal group of of great realtors that I think they are all. Um, It helps me a little bit to talk with more clever people around the world um, talking about the things that are important in our business and uh, with people who understand that our business depends so much, so much from global decisions and, and, and changes that every small change that can be done in China or in the U.S. or in South America or in the middle of Europe, in Berlin, can change immediately the real estate market. And that was my my yeah my delight to to go and ask if we can be member showing as well how we work. Uh, I have twenty six employees, which is not usual in Portugal. But my main staff eighty percent is salaried. They have a based salary. They work not only under commissions. They have add commissions to it. Yes, and, and good commissions, I must say. Um, And this is a high risk in real estate because usually in Portugal you work only with freelancers or people who, well, they have no income. They have to bring money to work. So I'm not that type of person. I don't want to suck the people. I want that they work with me. And this I see as well in leading RE. We work all together for one idea, serving well our clients that they have, really feeling that they are with a leading people and the leading professionals on the market and that gives me a great satisfaction and I feel very well to be here apart and I want to be every day more active and helping out colleagues all over the world if they need any help from my side that I can help but as well if I need help that I can ask somebody and talk with him about my issues and my questions that I have.
0: Fantastic. I, I really like that. And yes, I mean, we have seen you at all the events and people love what you share and how you're yeah. helping. You've been such a great supporter. So thank you for that, Paolo. Thank you. Uh, and uh, what I found interesting, what you just mentioned, you know, you have a team, I think you said 26 people, 80% of them are on salary base. So, I mean, uh, sometimes you forget, you know, we, we talk a lot about real estate, but at the same time, we're running a company, right? And you've been running a company for quite some time. And as, as the, real cha- the real estate changes, our business also kind of changes, right? There's more technology, the real estate is globalizing. There's so many things that you have probably seen over the years. And then now also with political change and visa programs change. So I'm just curious to know, you know, what major changes have you seen over the last years that has forced you to change as a company and as doing business? What have you changed in your business that is now so different from how you have been doing business many years before?
1: Well, (laughs) it's another very good question that's very difficult to answer. Uh, I try. I try. Well, I wanted to grow and I want to grow more. uh, Then sometimes we say in Portugal growing uh, more than the legs allow you. Okay. I tried that several times. Uh, we had offices in the north of Portugal because I thought, and I still think, Portugal is not anymore only the Algarve and Lisbon for investors. Portugal is in the whole, uh, in complete a place to live. And um, I started with this um, in 2017, uh, had a lot of leads, but we haven't made any deals because i have not the right stuff on that time and it was too far away from the living place where i was so yes i would not do that and again uh, i would do it in a different form Um, but that what i said on that time 2017 is today reality people are buying in porto people are buying in coimbra people are buying in santana people are buying in several places which Till 2017, nobody thinks about having a foreigner buying there. And now you go there to the supermarkets and you hear people talking in English, talking in Spanish, talking in German, talking in French. And you think, well, it cannot be only Portuguese immigrants. No, because they are really British, they are French people who have a lower income and cannot survive in their own country anymore and are coming to live in Portugal because the living costs in Portugal are much lower than in most of the other countries mm-hmm. in Europe. That's one of the points. The second thing is, um, I think against that what I, what I thought before, um, we have to work every time more in partnership. Uh, we have a lot of real estate brokers in Portugal and the market in the next months will be hard for some of them. But I think we have really to think about, in serving our clients better, working more on partnerships, as well local and national-wide. With Leading RE, we have a fantastic platform for that because uh, since we started, we were the third company in Portugal after JLL and PLP last year in September. And since now and ENS the fourth, sorry the fourth, and since uh, we started last year, more two partners of us has added uh, themselves to to the leading RE, which is Bisa and Castellana, and uh, well, based on the same effort, on the same thinking, on the same philosophy. We have now a great team in Portugal, not only to serve our Portuguese clients in Portugal, but as well to serve our international clients uh, overseas in fantastic. Abroad.
0: That's that's really great. I love how you go through those changes and things keep evolving and you keep growing. You have a wonderful team. And and then I do want to, you know, as we were you know getting to an end soon and, 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 and still want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit more about Portugal. But more from a perspective of you know visitors. You know, I have to. Uh, I've been very fortunate to visit Portugal twice in my life. I know people that have been there more often, but I also know people that have never been there before. Paulo, can you even imagine it? So I know Portugal is such a beautiful country. So if anybody is thinking of visiting, right, our listeners are from everywhere in the world and they want to visit Portugal. And you know, in Portugal, you you fell in love with Portugal. What would you recommend that people really need to visit? Where do they need to go?
1: Okay, I will start with one thing. Um, people have to understand I am Portuguese, but I was not born in Portugal. I was born in Germany. I lived there 35 years of my life in 2004 as any other expat. I decided to come to Portugal to live and work in Portugal, which was hard at the starting. The only good thing was the European Championship football. I was on the final and I see Portugal losing, that was very (laughs) bad. So I continued to congratulate the Greeks about the winning the the European Championship that we won then some years later, uh, which was great and a great experience. Uh, If you want to see um, a nation um, in in football fever, then you have to come to Portugal when there is the World Cup or the European Championship. You will feel and vibrate every day this emotion. That is the first thing that you have to do when you think about Portugal. Well, Portugal in itself is completely different from the south to the north um i can say you have to visit everything in portugal because everything is different including the islands of madeira and the azores uh which i love madeira uh, i live in the algarve in one of the most beautiful places uh, in in portugal uh which has um, a very good climate all over the year um but if you come to Portugal, I think, and you will have only one week, you have to visit Lisbon and Porto because from there you will know a little bit about Portugal yeah. and Portuguese history. If you want to have a, a beach uh, holiday, then you have to go to the Algarve because uh, we are um, bathed by the Atlantic and the Atlantic is colder than the Middle, uh, than the middle Sea Okay, so or the Mediterranean Sea. So, uh, if you want to have heat and you want to go to to the water, then you have to go to the Algarve. If you want to surf, then have, you have to go to Nazaré, where is well the big surf uh, hotspot, and around Nazaré Peninsula, um, and as well the west coast of the Algarve in the Alentejo, um, where a lot of surfers um, pass the winter time because it's the best time to surf. In Portugal, the water is still warm and the weather is good, uh, 20 degrees, um, and the water has around about 18 degrees and the people are surfing. If you want to go with your family, then you have to choose the south because, um, or Lisbon, but then the kids, when they're small kids, they want earlier to go to the beach. So Lisbon has beaches, but it's not the same like being in the Algarve. If you come to um, holiday time to know a little bit about culture and everything, then you have to go really to Lisbon in Porto. And if you want to make mountain uh, climbing or BTT or other adventure sports, we have in the interior of Portugal a lot of big forests and a lot of Places where you can run with your cycle hours and hours and hours without seeing somebody. Okay. Really pure nature. I have to say Portugal um, is three times the size of the Netherlands, but we have only 10 million people living in Portugal. So you see it's not so dense in, in habitation and, and volume of houses. There's a lot of nature that we offer. And the best of all is the people and the food. About the people, I have to say, Portuguese people are very, very friendly. Um, If you go to a restaurant, to a place inside Portugal, which has no tourism, and you ask for something to eat and you don't know the language, you are French, German or something else, the guy in the restaurant who serves you will call his friend in Germany to ask to give you the telephone and that you talk to him in German or in French in Paris, talk to you to say what you want to eat. Okay? This is the Portuguese mentality. It's, it's the pure humanity that we have in our hearts and that we live every day.
0: Fantastic. Wow. If I hear all of that, I want to go back uh, very soon. Uh, I mean, it seems like you have the best of all worlds, uh, Paolo. Uh, the, the ocean, you have the warm sea, the cold sea, you have the beaches, you have the beautiful cities, you have the mountains, you can drive for hours without seeing anybody. Good food, friendly people. What is it that we want more in life? That's what I What I think that I just listened to. So it's beautiful. So as we come to an end, Paolo... Uh, any final words, any thoughts or message that you want to give to our audience before we sign off?
1: Well, um, um, I must say that what you said about Portugal is true. Uh, if God has um, created a land to live himself, I think Portugal mm-hmm. is that country uh, it's We say always that we are really um, well. Uh, protected by God we are very Catholic in in Portugal Um, and we have Fatima which is um, a place where the Pope will come uh, this year as well the the young uh, Catholics reunion will be this year the international reunion will be in Lisbon this year for three days so we have a lot of events happening this year in Portugal but overall, I must say, if you want to to be connected to a country where the people are still mainly pure in their habits in their form to live in their form to to talk in their form to get you and to to embrace you and to hug you, then it's Portugal. We are a country with people who have history with a lot of countries in the world, we are very mixed. Uh, We have a very multicultural society with a lot of people from all over the world living in Portugal without having any problem here. Um, You don't need to speak Portuguese to live here. You can speak in English nearly with everybody. Okay. Today, uh, I feel sometimes when I'm in Lisbon, uh, I'm sitting in Chicago in a restaurant because so much Americans <laughs> around me eating at the, same, at the same place. But there are small corners, there are small places um, where you can hide yourself, where you can feel nature in any corner of this country.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Well... Paolo, I think that's a beautiful way to, to end today's session. I wish I could talk with you for many more hours, but I'm sure we will do that in the future when we meet each other again on the next event, probably in Dubai, that will be in September. I will be in Dubai. And I just want to say, you'll be there. Of course, you'll be there. I, know, I knew that you were there. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much, uh, Paolo, for your time, for your story, and for showing us what is happening in Portugal at this time. And we really wish you the best of luck with everything that you do with your team. And uh, we really look forward to seeing you again
1: soon. Perfect. I only, a last word, I forgot that. If you want to read something about Portugal, I write for the Portugal News, which is um, the biggest English-spoken Portuguese journal. Uh, you can read it online. It's on the Portugal News. Then you click on search and you look at the author, Paulo Lopez, and you find there a trip of 12 articles about Portugal, starting in the Algarve and ending the story in Madeira, which I think you would like and the audience would like if they know want to know something about Portugal. I think there is a lot that they can find as well. Instagram hotspots in Porto.
0: Fantastic. We will make sure that we will add those links to the to the show notes at the end. Uh, once we share that, we get that link from you. Uh, Paulus and can definitely read that and enjoy that. Thank you again so much. It comes to an end of today's session of a million dollar questions. We had Paul Lopez with us here today from Casabria in Portugal and it was a great honor and we are looking forward to see all of our guests again in the next episode. For now, thank you so much for listening and see you again next time.
1: Bye-bye.